Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, here is one of our leaders, Sam Kahart. He has shown up today. He has come because you have come. Because you're the temple. Because you're where he resides. You're where he wants to be. He doesn't care about the building. He doesn't care about what what all the facilities are doing on here. He cares about you. And he came because you are here. There is not a person here that is here by accident. If you were drug here, hallelujah, that was for a purpose. Glad you made it. God has shown up. He's shown up. And the more we, we get into these, the darker times of the world right now, the more God is going to show up more powerfully. And we have to continue to recognize him. We have to continue to step into him. I don't know if anybody heard, but um, I was on the, on the internet a little bit this morning, and I, I found out about there's a, there was a big massacre in New Zealand on Friday at a, at a mosque. 48 people were killed by a rogue shooter. Um, and it just is such a reflection of life is so fragile. We are given but a moment, and we do not know when our moment is taken. So it's how we live in the moment that we are given is going to be is going to give us the fruit of that moment. If you take your moment and you use it for nothing more than yourself, then that's all you're going to have. Your reward has been given to you. So take these moments, take these times, take take these opportunities. And share with people around you. Share the goodness of who God is. Because you don't know if that's going to be the first and the last time they get to talk to somebody. I'm, I'm preaching to myself right now, guys. It's so convicting. It's so convicting. We just don't know. My heart goes out for those people, those families of the mosque. And my heart goes out for the shooter. He didn't kill himself. He went away in a car and they got him in custody and all that stuff. But I pray in the name of Jesus that he receives Christ. Because even as bad as that, that thing that he did was, was, God still loves him. I come to you this morning and I'm going to ask you, what do you love? What do you love? Do you love McDonald's? Maybe you love Fritos. I don't know why I think of Fritos, but. Because I don't like Fritos. But maybe you love Fritos. Maybe you love your family. Maybe you love your job. Maybe you love your wife or your husband. And I'm hoping you love God this morning. But if that's not something that you've pursued yet, we're going to dive into this. We're going to talk a little bit about loving God with you all. Let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, I just thank you for another opportunity, Lord, to come before your throne. Father God, to get on our hands and knees, Father Jesus, Lord, and worship the creator, the one who has called all things into existence. And Father, we give you glory in this house today, Lord, that, that we are not here by accident. We are here for a purpose. And Lord, we ask that your purpose and your will would be done in this house today. Father God, Lord, that you would use my lips and my lips only, Lord. Let no word of my own come out, Lord, but let everything that you have called me to say come out in Jesus' name. And Lord, we invite your Holy Spirit come into this place. 
place. Rush across this auditorium, Father God, and fill this house in Jesus' name. Lord, that your will, your purposes, your righteousness, and your good standing, Lord, would be inset into us, Jesus, Lord, that we would leave this place not the same as we came in, Father God, but that we would go out with purpose, that we would go out with power, that we would go out in divine authority, in your glory, in Jesus' name. And Lord, we just declare, Lord, we declare healing and peace over all those that are going through trial in New Zealand right now, Jesus, and across the world, Lord. We don't single out one thing, but Lord, we declare your glory for the world, Jesus. We declare your glory for the world, Lord, that you would have your way, that your peace is coming. And Lord, we declare, come, O Lord, come, O Lord, come. You cannot come soon enough, Jesus, Lord. We declare your righteousness in this place, that you are here. And Lord, we are endowed with your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And they, and they all said, amen. Hallelujah. God is good. All right. Let's get down to business. So we're going to come out of Matthew 22 today. And we're going to read verses 35 through 40. Not too much, so we'll be all right. And it's, going to, it's, it's interesting. I want you to kind of like take this text in, into consideration because there's a question being asked and there's an answer being given. And this might come into effect later on in this message, so I just want you to remember that. So verse 35 through 40 in chapter 22 of Matthew. It says, one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Teacher, which is the, great, the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law of the prophets. This is such a profound, profound verse, and it's not the first time we see this. If you read the Bible from the beginning to the end, we see this all the way back. I, I believe, I want to say Deuteronomy, but I believe it's in actually even in Exodus that we see this. So, but it's powerful. It's something that God calls out of us. Something that he calls out of us. And I have to ask myself this question when I read this verse. What is love? Because the basis of, of, of Jesus' answer is love. Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. God, what is love? If I don't understand what love is, how can I complete this commandment that you have given me? And I believe that we're in a world right now that we don't know what the true definition of love is. In this verse, in the context of this verse, we see that love in the Greek is agapeo, which is a little different, a little more different than agape love. It's very similar, but it has kind of a different transition in it. The Greek word for love used in both of the greatest commandments is the verb agapeo. I've read that the agapeo means to totally give yourselves over to something to be totally consumed with it and committed to it. What we agapeo, or love, is what we put first in our lives and what we give the most of our money and time to. All our intentions and abilities are focused and consumed with this one thing. In other words, it's a commitment or a binding of ourselves to something so that we become one with it. So that we become one with it. 
It is important to note that in the New Testament, there are four words. There's four words, guys, that in, in the Greek that we interpret as love. Phileo is an affectionate or a friendship love or a brotherly love that we see. Storge is a possessive or an emotional love. It's a feeling. Eros is a sexual love. And agape is God's pure love. These four loves are what we see. The most used in the New Testament is agape, which is God's unconditional love. This love, humans do not naturally possess because it's unselfish and it's supernatural. We do not naturally possess this. We can only have it by God. There is not one negative, I love this, when I read this, there is not one negative usage of agape love in the Bible. Not one negative usage. Here is where we see the difference between agape love and agapeo love. Without a negative usage of agape, agapeo is taking a look at it, it is what ourselves, we give ourselves over to, and that it can be something good or it can be something bad. So agape is pure love. Pure. Agapeo means that we can love something good or we can choose to love something bad. Remember we said that it's a commitment. It is something we give ourselves over to. It's something we become one with. So that means I can give myself over to, commit to, give myself and become one with something that is either good or bad. And in that means that I make a decision that produces the end result. The reason for the interpretation is the scriptural usage. For the Greek word of love in this, in this scripture, I'm going to give you a scripture here, um, and there are others like it. In John 3.19, this is just an example of, of agape love being used in a bad sense. It says, and this is the commandment or the condemnation that the world, that the light has come into the world and men loved or agapeo darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. So when we say what is love, we, we now have a clearer understanding of what love represents. And we know that there are different levels of love. And when God calls us to love the Lord God with all our heart, all our mind, and all our soul, he is saying that I am calling you to commit to this. I'm calling you to give yourself over to this. I am calling you to become one with me. One with me. Because if you become one with me, then there is no longer any separation, but there is only commitment. There is only unity. Come together. And in the unity of love, it doesn't end with God. You see, he goes on, he says, love your neighbor as yourself. So if I become one with God in love, I become one with my neighbor in love. And now my neighbor, wherever they're at in their walk, they start to experience the love that I have experienced with God. Because it is my reflection, my transparent reflection of God's love that it flows into my neighbor. We have Lost the meaning of love today. I, I believe that we're, we are so in, engrossed in eros love, the sexual love. They're calling me. My body is saying, yes. It must be real. It's calling us. But see, pure love, agape love is not about, it's not about feeling. It's not about 
this sparks, the sparks, the, the flying up, that makes you just giddy in the morning. It's not about that. Because the thing is, is that just wears off. It's gone. It goes away. And what are you left with when that feeling goes away? Not love. Because that's what your base was. Your base was the feeling and the emotion. So when the feeling and the emotion leaves, now I have to search for something else. I can stay on that point all day. Why do you think the lawyer asked the question? That's, I, I love thinking about this because lawyers, they know the law, right? And they're always looking for like a loophole. So when I see this lawyer, like, hey, oh yeah, <laughs> we got a lawyer in the house. I'm going to go over here. <laughs> Hallelujah. But they look for the loophole. They know the law in and out. They understand what it says because it's by the law that they, they operate. They are diligent to know every word. And so he asks the Lord, what is the greatest commandment? And it makes me think, if he's looking for a loophole, and I kind of understand what the loophole he's looking for, because in Luke it talks about the same passage, and he says, who is my neighbor? He's trying to justify his fact about who he can love and who he does not have to love. And Jesus just answers, he says, a certain man. And he goes on from there, and you can read it in Luke. I can't give you the reference because I would be wrong if I tried. So, um, have grace. <laughs> but he's looking for a loophole. Because we, are, we don't want to be committed. We don't want to commit. Because committing means that I can't deviate from my commitment. Giving myself all the way to something and pouring myself into something means I give up my desires, my needless wants, everything that makes me feel good about myself, I have to give it up so that I can give myself completely over to something. We go through life and, and our jobs never meet our expectations, right? Our marriage never meets our expectations, right? Why? Because we never gave ourselves completely over to it. We're saying, well, you're not loving me the way I feel I should be loved. You're not, you're not giving me the things in my job that I feel like we should need. Or you're not giving me enough parts or you're not, you're not bringing in the right things so that I can be as good as possible about my job. And my boss is always on my case about doing this and that. And I just don't feel loved here, so I'm going to move on to the next thing. I'm going to throw away what's not working, and go and find something that will. Because it's in the first feeling that I feel it works. When you first got to that job, you thought it was good. When you first loved that person and got married to them, you thought they were the right one because you loved them. But you are so quick to turn away something that is broken and not willing to fix that which is broken because you are not all in. See, when you step into the, to the covenant of marriage, you have to be all in till death do us part. That means I gotta physically die before I'm leaving you. I tell her, tell my wife all the time. Ride or die, you know. So good. We have to be all in. We have to be all in. We can go to the next job, we can seek the next thing. But the end result will always be the same. Why? Because we are living in a broken world. Everything around us is broken. <laughs> I was talking, talking to Dave. I told him I was going to use this. I was talking to Dave, one of the hosts this morning. And he said to me, 
He said, you know, the, I was, we were talking about the world and how, how corrupt it's becoming. He said to me, it takes a big God to fix a big problem. And I was like, huh, that is so good. We can't find the fix in anything else. The only fix that we have is him, the creator, the one that spoke the light into the world. Because he is the one that controls all things. And he is the one that we need to go to. And when we do not go to him, we will not find the answer. God is good. And he told the lawyer exactly what the lawyer needed to hear. Amen? (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we are so broken, if this world is so broken, how can we love? How? How can I love if if I'm so broken and I'm so destitute and so out of even knowing who I am? Jesus commands us to love. When he spoke this word to the Lord, he said, love the Lord God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. It was a commandment, right? It's the first of the ten. What's the greatest commandment? Command, command, command. This is the first of the greatest, the greatest commandment. First of the ten. When he commands us to do something, we can do it. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. It can be done. Why? Because when he spoke it into existence, it was already possible. When he said, let there be light, the light came. Woo! Because it responds to the voice of the creator. It responds. He's calling us to respond. See, God is so good because when he made us, he gave us a choice. He gave us an option. He gave us the ability to either choose him or choose And we chose to go towards death. Because it wouldn't be real love if we didn't have a choice. If I force you to love me, you probably really don't love me. But if you choose to love me, if you choose to give me all yourself, if you choose to commit your finances, your life, your job, your wife, your husband, your family, your house, your community, all those things that you are attached to, you commit them over to God and you give all that you have to God, then it's real love. Then it's love. He gives us the choice. Adam and Eve had the choice in the garden to either eat of the fruit or not eat of the fruit. And their curiosity got the best of them. And this happens to us all the time. Our curiosity gets the best of us when we, when we meet the right man or the right woman or when we see the right car, or when we see the right house, or when we see the right job, our curiosity gets the best of us, and we are quick to abandon that which is working to seek out that which we think will better suit our needs. We do the same with God. God, you're not meeting my expectations. God, you're not giving me what I think I need. They're over there, and they got the awesome job, and they're making six figures, and I'm over here and I'm barely breaking 20 grand a year. God, why are you blessing them and you're not blessing me? And we begin to we begin to really come against God's will in our life. Because it was never about what you made or what you didn't make. It was never about how you feel or how you didn't feel. It was about that he called you. See, each and, each and every one of us has a different capacity. God has given each one of us a different capacity. 
And sometimes this helps me. I don't want to get too far off, but sometimes this helps me uh, understand that our capacities are different. So the one with six figures can handle six figures. Because they can't handle five or four. They don't know what to do with five or four. But they can handle six. And if you had six figures, you can't handle the six figures. See, God will create that capacity in you as you follow after him. Sometimes our capacity for God is so great that the capacity of this world becomes small. Because in the, in the small capacity of the world, our capacity for God will grow. Because it's in the hard times that we seek him, right? If somebody sees me giving glory to God when I'm making $2,000 a year and I'm still making it and I'm still putting one foot in front of the other, they'll be like, how, how, how are you doing that? And you become a bigger testimony than the person with six figures ever will. You think about the, the woman that gave the two pennies. She gave all that she had. It's not about numbers. It's about giving yourself over. He commands us to love, and he calls love out of us. It is a command that brings the ability for it to happen. Light answered. Creation happened. The earth was formed. Love comes out of us because he commands us. And when we receive the command, see, if you're not receiving the command, it'll never come out of you. If you don't understand the command, it'll never come out of you. But when you pursue the command, you will find that it is super easy to love. That love is so natural. And his glory just moves with power. First John 5, 1 through 3. Whoever believes that Jesus is Christ is born of God, and whoever loves the Father loves the child born of him. This we know, that we love the children of God, when we love God and observe his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Love transforms. It transforms us. We are born in love, and when we begin to love, it transforms who we are. It transforms our being. It doesn't stay stagnant. It brings about the innermost part of a man. When God spoke, He spoke a seed of love. This seed was transformed into a man or a tree. And when the seed was planted, the tree began to grow and it began to stand in the transformation of the seed. And it stood in the likeness of what everything the seed represented. And when it came to fruition, for the tree to begin to bear fruit so that the fruit had the seed in it so that more trees could come, the tree 
bore corrupt fruit. And in the corruption of the fruit, every seed thereafter it was corrupt. And the only way that the fruit can become whole and complete again is through the original seed. That seed has to be planted yet again. It has to be put in the ground yet again. It has to be put into the soil yet again so it can begin to grow. That seed was Jesus. The first seed was Adam. We are the trees. We've been bearing corrupt fruit for the majority of our lives. And every seed we've planted has become corrupt. But with Jesus, when love calls our name, when the seed from the beginning calls out to who we are, it becomes planted in our hearts and in our souls, in the soil of who we are. And when we receive that seed and we take it in, it begins to transform and change us. Just like the original seed was transformed, the transformation of the seed is the tree. The seed is love. The tree is God. Are we image bearers? I created man in my likeness and in my image so that we would hold the image of God so that we would bear that which he put in us that we would be a full transparency of his love of his seed not just returning the love to God but returning that love to other people he calls us in the transformation of that seed To not only love him, but to love our neighbor. To be completely given over to him. To become one with him. If I am a transformation tree, I hold the transformation seed. And the only way more trees can grow is if I drop my fruit and it dies... And another tree rises. We've got to die to ourselves. We've got to give up our wants and our desires, our our thoughts. Because most of our thoughts are corrupt. We've got to embrace a changing of who we are through the love of God. A giving of ourselves, a giving of our all to Him. Love is so powerful, guys. I work with a man that when he started, I was working at this place for almost a year and this, this, this guy came in and he started and he, I, I, so hard for me to explain because he was like one of the biggest prideful and egotistical people I have ever met in my life and I, the first week that I worked next to him, he would come over and he would tell me, why are you doing it that way? You should do it this way or that looks horrible. Why did you do that? You need to do this instead and, and he would just tear me down, tear me down, tear me down, tear me down and the first week, I got done with the first week and I was like, Lord, how, I can't do this. I cannot love this man. I can't do it, God. You're going to have to either remove me or remove him. And you know what God said to me? 
He said, you better fix your attitude. (laughs) Anytime we got a problem, guys, it's us. It's us. And that's what I did. In the midst of that weekend, I said, okay, I'm going to love him. I'm going to love him with the love that you have put inside of me. And I began to love this guy even through everything that he would tell me and everything that he would, he would tear me down with, everything that he would just run over me with, a big truck, whatever it was. And I just began to love him. He used to play hardcore rap music, rock music, whatever it was. And I mean, it was, it was a bad environment. I was like, Lord, how do, I, how do I survive in this environment? And I just began to ask God these questions. And he said, you just love, just love, just love. And I kept loving and I kept loving. And today... Just about every day I'm at work, all day long, we got Christian rock playing on the radio. And I don't control the music. I don't. It's his phone, his Pandora. He puts it on. And we talk about the Bible. And sometimes he says some things that that he knows about the Bible, like, oh, no, that's not that person. I think one time he was like, yeah, that one guy that uh, was all into sex and ladies and all this stuff, I think it was Peter. And I was like, oh, I don't think that's Solomon, actually. And so, but you take those opportunities and you get to really speak in to his life, you know? And there was one point, he's like, we should do a Bible study. I was like, now you're preaching my kind of game. This is more like it. And God's moving. He hasn't received Christ yet, but he's going to. And God is just transforming his life one day at a time. And some days are a lot harder than others. I still find it hard to love. But it's the love of God that's in me that has transformed me that I get to give out. It's not about what I can do. Because I can do nothing. I can provide nothing for what God has given me. I can only give him my full self. And let him use me the way he wants to use me. Not the way I want to be used. Let the love of God come in to your life. Give your all. It's about letting go. In our little rally before we started service, the Spirit started to speak through me how when you jump into the water off of a cliff, you can't halfway jump into the water. When you leave the cliff, that's it hard to go back but some of us are trying to keep that one foot there and we're like maybe you know it's time to jump in maybe this whole concept of love is foreign to you and maybe this is the first time you heard it but Jesus' love is calling you See, he came and he died for you. We, we love only because he first loved us. Because he came and he knew that he had to be the seed that would plant into us so that we could love again. So that we could bear good fruit. He died. He bore everything that I'd done wrong. Everything, every bit of hatred in me. He bore it. So that I could be made whole with God again. So that I can be transformed through his seed. His love is calling you this morning. And maybe you are, you've been walking with God, but you just feel like things just aren't going the way you've expected. I'm going to tell you this morning, let go of expectation. 
Put your expectations in God. Let go of your expectations for this world and put your expectation into God. And He will begin to transform you. In just a few moments, we're going to pray. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to receive this love for the first time. To understand what it really means to be loved by the true God, the true Creator. To implant into your life a seed that will begin to transform your entire being. Jesus came for you. And if it would have only been you, he still would have came. And he calls you this morning. He's calling me. Let's go deeper. Let's get farther away from the line. And let's get lost in the oneness of Christ, in the oneness of God. The farther away we get from this world, the more strange and weird we become. But it's only because we are following the Creator and not the world. It's the only reason it looks weird. Can I have everybody bow their heads, close their eyes? I just want to ask you this morning if this love is something that you desire, if this love is something that you have never experienced, or if this love is something that you've experienced once before and you ran away from it and you want it back. I ask you this morning, if you desire this love, slip up your hand. I thank you for those hands. God wants to come into your life, and it's only by a simple prayer. In Romans 10, it talks about the confession of our mouth and the belief in our heart that Jesus came and died for us. That the reality of him dying for us means the reality of freedom from sin in our life and the connection with God. A true belief will bring you closer to him and he will change you like you've never been changed before. I'm going to say a prayer and I just ask that you repeat after me. And This is a prayer that's going to be inviting God into your life. And you're going to be inviting that seed of love in. So just repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I receive you in Jesus' name. I ask for forgiveness of my sins. And I confess that you are Lord. And I believe that you died and rose again for my freedom. And I receive your love Come into my life right now and change my whole being. In Jesus' name. And they all said, Amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Praise God for His glorious power. Praise God for His glorious love. You know, one leaving thought love is not a burden. You that have said that prayer today or have said it in the past, Love is not a burden. It is not burdensome. His commandments are not burdensome. They are easy. Because it's through love that they just naturally come out. So loving others is super easy. In your flesh it's going to feel difficult, but in the spirit it's going to be so easy. I thank you for your attendance to the word, and let's, let's worship God in this place. 
Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.